Blog Talk Radio. Somebody out there got a dream. Somebody out there got a Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Ryan and Brian Show. I am your host, Ryan Green. And I'm Brian Johnson. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> everything, man, everything. Another Wednesday night, almost said Tuesday. Another two, uh, Wednesday night here with the Ryan and Brian Show, like we do every Wednesday night. So excited about what's going on uh, with the show, man. So we got a lot to talk about. I got a big, big show tonight, man. But before we get into that... Want to talk uh, real quick, man? How's everything been going with you over there, in Michigan? Hey, uh, you know, if you asked me before last night, I would probably would have said wonderful. But you know, on the sports tip, we're take, we took it on the chin uh, last night and and uh, and over the weekend. But man, other than that, everything's been lovely. Everything's been good. How about you? I can't complain, man. Same thing. Everything's been good since I don't follow Maryland uh, sports, <laughs> University of Maryland sports. I'm not upset about this weekend, but uh, I, I wanted to uh, talk about something big that did happen last night. We had the State of the Union address. So I want you to go ahead and get uh, Brian's political ponderings <laughs> as we start the show, man. Did, did you, were you able to catch the State of the Union? I, know I missed it last night. I had to go to a ball, so I missed it. Right, right. Well, ironically, I actually missed it as well because the uh, the Michigan Michigan State game was on at that time. But I did um, hear some of some of the um, some of the uh, sound bites from it. I, I hear that uh, there are a couple Republicans that had some rebuttals, <laughs> which was very interesting <laughs> to me because one was supposed to be a. Uh, uh, reading the Tea Party response, and the other one mm-hmm. was reading the Republican response, and the guy uh, Marco Rubio, who's uh, who was doing the Republican response, is actually a Tea Party can was a Tea Party candidate when he came in. So to me, it was like wow. you know you have this situation where somebody is uh, masquerading as if they're part of a total different party, and instead, you know, it's just two people from the same party saying the same stuff. So so yeah. that was uh, <laughs> that was one thing very uh, uh, noticeable or mentionable. And then the other thing I don't know if you heard about was uh, that one of the Republican congressmen actually invited Ted Nugent to be his guest. Did you hear about that? I thought um... – Barack Obama invited him. No, I didn't hear about the Republican congressman. No. No. I knew Ted no, Nugent so, was there, but I thought he was invited by the president. No, well the the president invited people like um like the the uh some parents of Sandy Hook victims. I know the parents right, of the young right. uh, lady that got killed in uh in Chicago, um and, you know, different servicemen and <laughs> that type of thing. And then uh and oh, also Michelle Obama had a, a a woman who was like 
over 90 years old or something that uh, that stood in line forever in uh, in Florida to vote. So they had those types of people. And the Republican congressman brings Ted Nugent, who is a uh, on again off again rock star, I guess, a rocker who who right. sits out on, in in some type of a militia camp and and spouts hate hateful comments about the president. It, it's, just, it's just pretty crazy like the 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 uh the polar opposites of those types of um of those types of guests for the State of the Union. Right, yeah, definitely well I I feel better knowing that it wasn't the president that invited them. I thought he was pandering again, trying to satisfy <laughs> the right for your reason. So I uh, that makes me feel a little better about that. You know, and um there was some some other news the president Almost got up staged by uh, that, that uh, former cop out in L.A. man, uh, Chris Warner, who decided to uh, shut it down last night. So I don't know if you were following that story. They've been covering it in Michigan, like they've been covering it out here. We're, we're broadcasting it out here. Uh, the the uh, former LAPD cop who yep. uh, went and killed uh, some other cops, as well as that, that family, uh, that, that engaged couple. Uh, definitely a terrible, terrible um, situation. And uh, last night, and, you know, he uh, they ended it all. Fire house court. Well, I went into the. I went to. Like I said I went to the parade ball last night for the UNCF uh, fundraiser. Okay. So when I went to the ball, uh, they were still just all outside, you know, and trying to figure things out or whatever. By the time we got uh, in in the house in the evening, the house had burned down. So right. It was kind of that, you know, didn't know all the details at first, trying to figure out what happened, but it was. Um, Definitely interesting, man. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. No, they, they, the coroner still hasn't confirmed that that was him. So, mm-hmm. uh, so technically, the case is still open. But you know, it's funny is uh, the the funny thing about about social media is you get to hear all these different opinions from people all over the place. And I'm starting to hear people that are like, you know, uh, I think that the whole thing is staged. I don't think <laughs> the guy really exists. You know, I think he's LL Cool J. I think this. I think that. And it, you know, it. I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm speechless sometimes, man, because I understand a conspiracy theory here, you know, here and there. But is it me or is everything today a conspiracy? It's absolutely ridiculous to this point. Yeah, I, it's so funny because, and I. But when you hear certain things that people say, you know, and, and uh, all of the um, conspiracy theories uh, last night, and, and just the fact that uh, how crazy it is that we're in a place where we actually believe that. Like, not only do people mistrust the government so much that, one, we bring this stuff up, but then there's actually people who believe it. And, and sometimes it could actually be true. You know, what did that say about our country and uh, our government and then our citizens as well? So uh, definitely I feel you on that. Right. So, yeah. Um, let me see. We got one, one more one more Chris's in the news as well. We got to talk about I, – I, I'm passing them off on you now. And your boy <laughs> is no longer my boy anymore because after oh, the last story, this will probably be the last time we talk about him after now because we tried – you know, we tried to defend him. We tried to uh, – they give him a chance, you know, pretty much to think, okay, he went and he did his time. But it seems like none of the story out there that's not confirmed so much yet, but uh, the police chief of Richmond has stepped down because he's been accused of letting Chris Brown slide on his community service and not actually do the community service uh, that he was uh, sentenced to. 
Rihanna situation, and, and so Chris gets off with that. He's back with Rihanna, and uh, we all wonder, you know, why Chris and now he's beating up Frank Ocean and <laughs> fighting Drake in the club. <laughs> you know, uh, where, where do you see this ending, man? I mean, what, what do we do now about this? We just say, you know what, that's it, it is what it is. I mean, this is a, a crazy situation. Yeah. Well, you know, I I honestly am. I, that was almost the perfect seg- segue topic to our last topic because I swear I saw media pictures of him on the side of the road with shovels and pretty much just assumed that, you know, he was doing his, his uh, community service. But, you know, I, I think I think the unfortunate piece about Chris Brown, one of, one of two things will happen, I think. One, you know, he, he ends up really doing something dumb and really having to go to jail. Or two, people just stop even caring about him. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, pop stars have about 15 and a half minutes of fame half the time anyway. So I'm really hoping that the, uh, that the latter happens because, you know, I've, I've on the show, I've, um, I've admitted that I am a fan of Chris Brown or I was a fan of Chris Brown, but I think once the Frank Ocean thing happened, I was just like, man, you know what? <laughs> I'm done, man. I'm done. I'm just absolutely done. At some point, these folks have to start paying some type of, uh, of uh, some type of penalty for their actions, you know, you, or or they just do crazy stuff. And so that's right. what I, I hope happens. And, and real quick, before as I think about crazy stuff, not to go off the uh, off the script, but Emmett Till and Lil Wayne. Did you hear about that? Because it's, it's kind I of the saw, same type of thing. I didn't. I, I saw the link um, on Facebook, but I, I wasn't in a position to listen to it or really read it, and I, and I forgot to go back to it. Um, but yeah, so, so, so basically, basically uh, Lil Wayne has a lyric in one of his songs where he says that he beat the um, – <laughs> colloquialism for vagina up like Emmett Till is what he said and i guess the the Till family has has uh has expressed some um concern or or some outrage over those lyrics wow. and you know so kind of getting back to the Chris Brown point somebody made a made a comment that said you know i don't blame the Frankenstein monster for being the Frankenstein monster but i do blame Frankenstein for being Frankenstein i do uh, blame Dr. Frankenstein for creating the monster. So all of us that support people that do crazy stuff and we continue to support them over and over again no matter what, I mean, we create that monster. So we kind of need to look in the mirror uh, at ourselves to, um, you know, to 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 blame instead of just blaming these guys because they'll keep on doing crazy stuff as long as we continue to, to support them when they do it. I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. And, and it's, it's, that was a great segue, even though it wasn't even scripted, uh, because we have two uh, guests tonight that are doing some great things uh, in all areas of media, uh, music, um, book publishing, as well as film and video production, and they can really uh, speak to some of that stuff as well and kind of, you know, we're going to take back the media, man. We're going to take it back and really uh, put that positive message out there. So we have, um, I'm, I'm going to call them the the the, the Biggest power couple not named Beyonce and Jay-Z that you probably haven't heard of together yet, but I promise you in the next couple of years coming up, these two are doing some great things. So we're going to talk to this couple. Uh, first, we're going to talk to uh, the white side of the country. Since it is uh, the second Wednesday of the month, we do our Wonder Woman segment. 
So we want to bring her on the line first. This young lady and I go way back to high school. My dear, dear friend, uh, when we graduated from uh, high school, she went to one HU, I went to another HU. Uh, and probably about, you know, I don't know, 10 years or so after uh, high school, we reconnected as we started to uh, really get into book publishing together, uh, began to work with each other and mentor. And I'm just uh, amazed and, and humbled at the things that she's done. It started off that I mentored her in the book publishing. Now I look to her as a mentor in, in what she's doing with film and media. So I want to bring on the line Miss Lori Nelson Lee. Welcome to the show. Well, hello. That was quite an intro. I think I can, like, retire now or something. That was... <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're just getting started. Just getting started. No time for retirement. So, uh, you know, and one thing, I mean, I forgot, we've been trying to get Lori on the show uh, and her husband uh, for for over a year, and, and we just could never work out the Tuesday, so we went and changed the whole show to Wednesday just so we could have her on the show. <laughs> 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 uh, definitely excited. Um, Lori, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our guest, tell them uh, a little bit about uh, LF Entertainment, and then we'll go from there and interview Okay, well, hello, everyone. Uh, my name, like Ryan said, is Lori Nelson Lee, and um, I am one of the two owners of Left Entertainment, which is a newly formed, or it's a year old, it's still a baby, um, a newly formed entertainment company that concentrates mostly on independent um, and alternative forms of entertainment. So we don't um, we don't bash or go against the mainstream. We just uh, think that there's more out there than what the mainstream is bringing to the forefront. So, um, you know, our model for the company is basically when mainstream goes right, we go left, hence the, the name of the company. So, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, we're just trying to do some things. We have our own art that we like to put out there, and we just kind of got sick and tired of waiting for other people to um, – to put it out there for us, so it's kind of like we'll we'll have to do it ourselves if we really want to do this, and and that's pretty much what we do. Good, good. Now, now, Laura, you started um, in, in this whole media thing as as a children's book author, and, and when you did that, you, you started with uh, the Hillary's Big Business Business Adventure, uh, one of my daughter's favorite books when it first came out. Um, so, talk to us about your your path that you've taken. Uh, starting from the author and, and owning the book publishing company, then kind of transitioning into uh, more so the video uh, media that you're doing now. Well, um, yes, Hillary's Big Business Adventure was my first book um, published, and um, it was something that I did really to encourage my mom to write her book. She was she was the one that I was looking up to. She was doing a lot of writing, but um, it was just kind of like sometimes people just need a push to, to get it started and get it going. So by the time we were finished, we, we both had a book. <laughs> and um, meanwhile, I was kind of researching the whole publishing industry and everything and decided, you know, why not start our own company in, instead of trying to uh, go through a, a, a major publishing house. And that way we could control what we wanted. I could go after my own illustrator, um, Mr. Jerry Kraft, um, who did my book, and um, Kara Kendall that did my mom's book. So, um, And we just had fun with it. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, we ended up with a business <laughs> and started doing a, a book tour across the, um, you know, the, a national book tour. And it just kind of took off from there. Um, so, yeah, the children's books is, is still my, my, my first love, and it's something that I still do. I have another book that we're going to be putting out, publishing this year. 
Um, probably do. We're, I think we're going to try the ebook route this time. I've been fighting it, and you know the the people in my camp keep telling me, you know, we got to go, we got to go to the ebook side. But you know, I'm, I'm kind of a traditional person when I'm reading. I unless I'm in my car sitting in traffic and I need a distraction and I'm listening to an audio book, I really do prefer to hold a book and and turn mm-hmm. pages myself. But um, you know, so we're gonna try it out and see how it works. So they can, kind of, so you know, the fans can can look for Danica Dramatica, which is the next series that's coming out. And um, I'm kind of excited because it's my that's my first chapter book. So the you know okay. Hillary was picture book, and this is the chapter book. So so Lori, uh, hello. Uh, we we haven't been formally introduced, but uh, but very nice to meet you also. Um, you talked about books, and but you also said that Left Entertainment uh, is into film as well. So what made you kind of transition or, or, or move into uh, the film area as well? It was it was kind of, I guess, just by fate. Somehow, I, I still to this day don't remember who or how I received the email, but I got an email um, to do to enter into a contest that Nickelodeon was holding for a spec script contest. And I didn't even know what a spec script was, so I had to research it, and I didn't even have that much time because I think by the time I got the email, I want to say I had like a week, maybe a week and a half to research what a spec script was, watch a whole series of of television shows so that I could figure out, you know, which show I wanted to do, and then write a television script, which I had never done. And um, by the time I finished, and Tracy, you know, my husband took me to the. Um, we had to drop it at the at the the post office that was open till midnight, as they had to be postmarked by midnight that day. <laughs> so we just did get in there, and we, you know, I got an invitation to go out to L.A. to meet with Nickelodeon executives, and that was kind of my first taste of the other side of writing like writing for television writing for film is kind of is it's really completely different from writing books it's um it's all about the imagery whereas you know the the books is is all about the the words so um it, it was it's something that you know it's been fun trying trying to find my my own lane in there and um tell the stories that I want to tell in the way that I I want to do so, so that was kind of so how I got int- introduced to it and Lori, just to jump in because I I once uh envisioned a movie and uh went to write a screenplay and I realized that like you said, screenwriting is totally different than writing a um a novel or a short story. Did you take classes or something to learn how or did you just kinda go jump in the I didn't book? have I, for that competition I didn't even have the time. I really just tried to um there's different websites that you can go to and kinda download or buy, purchase um, actual scripts that people use for television and film and stuff like that. So I would study those scripts, and which is really the best way to learn how to do it is just by studying other people's um, scripts and learning the lingo. Um, you know, buying the, the actual software kind of helped me because initially I didn't even have. You know, most people use Final Draft or something something like that. I didn't even have that. So I was trying to measure out my margins and everything just using. Word, which just takes up a whole lot of time, but um, you know, after doing so many, and I, and, and even to this day, I still, you know, just writing just is the exercise that you need to keep, you know, keep getting better. Now, now Lori, I want you to uh, share with us about the 
the independent, I mean, the uh, short films that, that when you got started. I know you did some film festivals. Talk to us about it. Now you're, you're figuring this thing out because, you know, like I said, I, I've watched you and, and your, your work, even though, you know, your first project, it just it was so good. The quality of it was so great, and the work that you've done since then. So I know you've done some short films, uh, now even getting into the uh, music videos, which you want to transition into uh, next. So tell us about that that journey and just how, how um, as you were learning, you know, how, how you really honed your craft in such a short time and then the whole film festival uh, route that you took. Um, well, each one of the projects, um, if they get a little bit, bigger, a little bit better with each one. The first one that I did was for a, um, who was that, Allstate. Allstate Insurance was um, was a, another competition. It was for a 90-second um, short, which to me, I kept calling it a commercial. <laughs> I mean, it was like 90 <laughs> seconds. So, you know, you had to basically tell your story in, in 90 seconds. And uh, it, it was, we ended up, com- I came in first place on that one and won that competition and so from that, uh, I just it, it just excited me. It's something about it, there's like I said, it, it is different writing, and so you get a different kind of uh, high, I guess, for lack of a better word, off of um, when you're doing something that you actually can see, like your words come to life. When mm-hmm. I write a script and I'm on set and I see the actors actually the words are coming out of their mouths and, and, you know, the scene is coming together. It's, like, completely different from when I go to the printer and I pick up my books, which is still, you know, an awesome feeling, but it's a completely different kind of feeling. So from that 92nd um, project, I attempted the first music video, actually, um, which my husband allows me to use him as my guinea pig, (laughs) (laughs) which I love. And um, so the first video we did was for a song that he had um, called What's Missing. And that was the first time I actually had a real crew in in actual, you know, different locations and, you know, a a producer that helped me put it all together. Excuse me. So that was a lot of fun. And then from there was when I did my actual first um, short film, which was uh, When Life Gives You Shoestrings. And that was, like I said, with each one, it's just the thrill just gets better and better. Good stuff. What are you working on now? Um, well, we just finished shooting the second video for Tracy's um, new single um, that's out, and he'll he, he'll tell you more about that. But um, right mm-hmm. now we're in edit, so we're editing, and then we hope to have it completed by the end of this month, and we'll probably do like a a screening event here in D.C., and um, and then work from there. Um, I've also completed, a, you know, my first feature, so I'm, so right now I'm just kind of um, cleaning it up and getting it ready to do, you know, put it out there and do whatever it is that we intend to do with it. And um, I also have a couple other scripts that I'm, I started doing some, some work on, but I really I need to, you know, sit down and actually get them written. And uh, and then of course, like I said, the Danica Dramatica uh, book series. So it's you know it's you, in between all of the business that that goes on, we I try to try to find time to still be creative. Right. You know, I'm thinking that you must have lost my email address because I didn't get any emails about the casting calls for any of this. <laughs> you know, I've got acting chops. You know, I'm just trying to figure out how I didn't know that there were openings, but. Do, do you every 
We advertise. We do through <laughs> our our Facebook page and our Twitter page. So we it's out there, and I know you're on them. So I don't know how you miss it. <laughs> you want me to send you a personal email, Ryan? I mean, I, we used to be tight, right? <laughs> you know. But uh, no, I was just joking. Well, speaking of <laughs> speaking of uh, um, the Facebook page and everything, uh, the last question I want to ask you is: uh, How how are you been, um, using social media to? forward your, your message and really help promote. I think that's really what um, is the main source of advertising for so many people. How are you able to use it um, to, to promote that kind of thing? It's definitely key for us. I mean, our news our newsletters that we send out from our email um, database and um, Facebook, Twitter, uh, what else do we have? We're on SoundCloud. Um, oh, my gosh, there's a, there's a bunch of them. We, you, you have to get on everything because you don't know what – everybody's on, so we don't Mm -hmm. want to miss out on anything. But, you know, when you're a small and upcoming independent company, you really depend on social media because it's free and it's the the best way to spread the word. And you just kind of pound in and and constantly beg people to share the information. And, um, you know, we just – we're right in the middle of doing a a campaign for uh, Tracy's new single, like I said, that um, it was released on iTunes about a week or two ago. So um, we're we're big on social media. Right. Well, and everybody can get our social okay. media via our website. So if they go to www.left with two L's, that's L-L-E-F-T-E-N-T.com, you can find our Facebook page, our Twitter page, all of that good stuff. All right. That is what I was going to ask you next. So great stuff, Lori. Definitely great to talk to you. Wish you all the best. And, uh, and everything that you're doing. So very proud of you. Proud to say I know you. Thank so, you, Ryan. Right. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show. <laughs> no problem. All right. Now, you heard her talking about her husband all night, and we're going to bring him on to the line. Um, as a matter of fact, before I could do that, 646-652-2647, 646-652-2647. If you have a question you want to call in or with a comment. And, uh, Brian, you know what? I, I, I'm so honored that we have this guy on the line, and I just want to refresh some people's memories for those who may have forgotten just who we're about to bring on to the line. It's party time. Oh, it's party time. Having a party. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Ha! Trey Lee, nigga. By storm. Ain't no mystery. If you don't know by now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ryan O'Brien Show. Tracy Lee. What's going on, fellas? What's going on? How y'all doing out there, man? We're doing good, man. Doing good. I got a little scared because I didn't check the YouTube clip to see if that was the edited version, so I didn't make sure. <laughs> right, we do have a family show. <laughs> I almost dropped the N bomb right there too, just just for jokes. But I said, you know what, I'm gonna hold back on that. <laughs> hey, Tracy, how's it going, man? Oh man, everything is great, man. Everything is great. Just moving forward, trying to, you know, just just make this uh, entertainment company happen. That's it. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Definitely want to thank you for uh, taking time out and being on the show with us. You know, I got to tell you, man. When we tell people, uh, we've been talking about, you know, every time I bring up your name, I say, yeah, Tracy Lee. Someone always says, oh, yeah, that's my boy. I know him from such and such. And we, you know, we hang out, and I've seen him this and this. So I got to give it to you that you have to be down to earth, uh, hip-hop stars out there. So uh, definitely you, you have a lot of friends. People always speak highly of you. 
Um, so let's kind of catch people up on, on on the past. We're going to bring them up to the present and then talk about what's going on in the future, uh, coming up in the future, man. So mm-hmm. take take us back to uh, when when things were popping when, when you first jumped on the scene with with the theme. Uh, you know, talk with about that whole process, man. You jumped into the business, uh, you had that success, and talk to us about how that all went down. And then then where you been after that? What happened to you? Okay. Um, well. Uh, I was signing Universal Records. I actually signed my deal in 1996, uh, dropped the album in 97 uh, called Many Faces. Um, and that whole experience was just um, a situation where I, I just I, I, I wanted to get myself in a position to get heard. You know what I'm saying? I wanted people to, you know, hear my music. I had been doing it, you know, probably wrote my first serious rhyme and made a record when I was like 12, 13 years old. So it was like from that point up until 97, it was it was, it was was like a euphoria. You know what I'm saying? It was just, I was just happy to be there. I was happy to get the music out. But the thing that happened was once I got into the business, I didn't understand the business. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there were a lot of trials and tribulations. You know, it, it, it was bittersweet. You know, while I'm out there, and I'm, and I'm touching the people with the music behind the scenes, there are some other things going on. There are, you know, where, why is my budget so high? You know, who who's spending my money? Um, you know, things like uh, why do you want to release this single as opposed to keep your hands high? Um, why can't I get sticker rights to or advertisement rights to, to let people know that, you know, the Notorious B.I.G. was arguably the hottest artist at that time out? Why can't I put, you know, his name on my album? Um, you know, those kind of things, you know, that I, I didn't understand. You know, hindsight, I know what the deal is now, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, like I said, during that time, it was bittersweet. I, I went out there, I got, I got, you know, a little bit of recognition, the, 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 the party time record that you just, you know, gave them a little excerpt of, you know, it, it stayed on the charts for 37 weeks. I got a little notoriety, um, but, um... It, it 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 went downhill because like again because I didn't understand the business I had improper guidance I had um, and I take full responsibility for that because I at the end of the day made the decisions but at the same time <clears throat> there were people that I that I trusted that were in my corner at that time um, I trusted them to give me a little bit of guidance as to where I needed to go and that didn't happen you know what I'm saying from the label on down to my co-management, and keep in mind that these are the same guys that I also went to school with at Howard, you know what I'm saying? So we were what I thought, you know, were, were cool and friends and things of that nature, and like I said, I had to learn the hard way that that doesn't mix with business, you know what I mean? Right. There are other agendas on that side. So needless to say, you know what I'm saying, I dropped the album, started working on the second album, and then I got my walking papers. I created the album, the album was done, and then all of a sudden, you know, Universal says, okay, your services are no longer needed. And, yeah, and from that point, I don't know if you want to stop there or you want me to segue into what happened after that. Well, I, I really wanted to know, um, I, I know that, that you're you're an attorney now. So did, yeah. did that whole experience have something to do with you being an attorney? Were you on that One, road before you, you got the deal? Out of nah, that man, 100%, absolutely, that was the sole reason why I <laughs> – go to law school and become an attorney. I had no desire to be an attorney and a lawyer, you know, when I was, you know, coming up in, in undergraduate and, you know, get my undergraduate degree and even in high school, I wanted to be an MC. 
I can't I can't front. Like, you know, there there were you know, there was a time maybe for about a semester when I went to Howard that I was like, you know what, forget the music, you know what I'm saying? I I'll just become a, a sports broadcaster. That's that that was my alternative route. But then, you know, I after, you know, seeing Cash Rhyme on campus, I caught the fever again and I never lost it. So my my whole goal and passion was to be um, uh, an artist, to be an MC, you know what I'm saying, to be in the music. Um, but, you know, because of that ordeal, it was like, all right, you know what, I need to learn this business because if I do want to be in the music business, that is the other half of it. And because I didn't like the way um, things went while I was in the music business, at least from a from a from a commercial standpoint or from a mainstream standpoint, um, then I need to take matters into my own hands. So that's when, you know, I, I had an epiphany, you know what I'm saying? And I just said, yeah, I said, look, man, I, I need to learn this not only for myself, but also for cats coming behind me. So that's when I decided in uh, 2003 to go to law school. Gotcha. Go ahead, Brian. You got to say something? No, no, I was going to ask. So you're an, an entertainment attorney at this point? Well, I, I'm an attorney, but I specialize in, in, in entertainment contracts as well as anything contractual, you know what I mean? Gotcha. But but yeah, um, being an entertainment attorney, attorney is my, my my focal point, so to speak. Right. Now, now, Trace, I want to talk to you a little bit about the uh, the industry right now and, and the current state of um, not just hip hop but but music in general. You know, I I really I've always said that I think that there needs to be a a genre for the thirty and over hip hop fans. I, I don't think that but for those of us who came up in hip hop and saw the genre take off, you know, we don't stop liking rap music because we turn thirty. Uh, unfortunately, though, we don't hear the kind of rap that we that speaks to us anymore because that's not what we play on the radio. Uh, and I, but I know MTs are making so talk to us, you know. And I think one of the biggest things that I've seen that when you see the classics, when you see uh, the, the old school hip hop artists, it seems like it's almost like a civil war going on where they're like, you, you know, they're they're talking down to the, the new cats. They don't understand, you know, the history of, of hip hop, and, and they feel like, you know, they've been pushed to the side. They don't respect that, you know, they're not getting respected as the older statesmen. Uh, the young cats are thinking, you know, it's our time to shine. It's a whole other world. Um, but for for people like yourself who are, who live life now, you have more to talk about. You know, you you know now as a married man that life is more than just a party. You know, that point was attended. So. <laughs> <laughs> As an older man now, who still is trying to, uh, you know, just still doing music, and we're gonna we're gonna play your song in a minute too. What what has been your your uh, 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 what has been the way you're trying to go back into this thing and to make sure that people want to hear who want to hear hip hop um, and are gonna listen to what you're saying? Well, I, I think you you know you raised a very important point, uh, or, or the thing that you started off with is that the thirty and up want to hear something different. Well, or want to hear the things that they can relate to, and that's who I'm directly going after um, myself. Uh, you know, if the kids get it, and I'm a firm believer that if the kids are introduced to it, that they love it. Any in, any any kid that I've encountered that has had. Uh, some type of upbringing where they have been exposed to our music, they love it. They say it's better than what they are offered. The problem is is that mainstream does not give an alternative. The alternative, you have to go search for yourself. You have to dig. You have to get online. You have to hear it word of mouth. you got to get it through other sources. You don't get it 
handed to you like like they do on television on all your video channels, and they don't give it to you on mainstream radio. They're going to give you what the gatekeepers want to give you. So my thing is that I'm shooting directly to the people that want it. I'm not even, you know, going out here on this big campaign trying to inundate people that don't want it because they're not they're, they're not going to receive it in the same way. You know what I'm saying? And for the old school artists that that are bitter and things of that nature, well, my, my question to you is, what are you doing about it? Are you trying to conform to what's going on? Or are you doing the music that you love and that you uh, uh, that you champion, and are you getting it directly to the people that want it? You know what I'm saying? So that's where the conflict, and, when, and the young cats, you know what I'm saying, I, I, I just think, like I said, it's a lack of education. I don't think they've been properly introduced to it, whether it be the fault of the parent that love the music and just, you know, don't play it in the house, or, you know what I'm saying, maybe there aren't any parents in the house and they just get whatever they get, the music that they get from television and radio, and that's what they're exposed to, whatever the case may be, I just think it's a lack of education and a lack of exposure. So my thing is to get it to the people that want it. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Uh, are there any, uh, I, I might play the phone in a second, but are there any new cats out right now that you kind of like, any of the young rappers that you listen to, maybe that you like, or I, like myself, I have guilty pleasures, people I shouldn't like. <laughs> I, <find myself. laughs> I like it anyway. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a laundry list, man, of people you don't like. You know what I'm saying? Um, but for the few that I do like, I mean, because truth be told, man, there's a lot of cats out here that, and these are the ones that I get disgusted at. Like, the, the, the I guess we want to call them newer artists, but these cats is like high 30s, low 40s. You know what I'm saying? They like mm-hmm. our age. You know what I mean? But they're doing <laughs> the young boy music. Those are the people I'm like, are you serious? I know what that's about. You know what I'm saying? You're doing it for the paper. Right. But for the kids that's really coming up and got some lyrical content, I like Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar. You know what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. like J. Cole. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm just talking, these are people strictly on the mainstream. Um, I like, uh, um, it's this cat out of Brooklyn named uh, Joey Badass. I like him. Um, you know, so there's Ab Soul. There's, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a few kids, there's a few underground cats out there that um you know like I said that that I that I watch and that I pay attention to on a mainstream level that I try to keep up on you know what I'm saying but you know primarily you know it's the same old cats it's Nas you know what I'm saying I, you know I I I I know Jay has skill but he's been disappointing me on a couple of things lately you know what I'm saying but I know where he comes from you know what I mean so you know it, it it's really the same and I'm I'm you know I'm I'm retro man I dig into you know the stuff that I grew up on, like when I when I I don't even really listen to the radio, honestly. You know what I'm saying? Right. I hey, keep so, up so on Tracy, going on. So Tracy, tell us tell us about your your new music and your new song. So you know you talked about how uh, you're targeting people that are over thirty and and really bringing messages that they can relate to. So so tell us a little bit more about how you want to go about doing that. Um. Well. It's basically about, like you said, or, or I don't know if Ryan or Brian said it, but it's really about the lifestyle that we lead as adults, you know what I'm saying, as family men, as, you know, pe- people that are, are are going through other things than being on the block, you know what I'm saying? You did that when you was 20, you know what I mean, drinking and, and, and smoking and hanging out in the club. You did that when you was, you know, teens and 20s. We don't do that no more. So I'm talking about the things that we do do. You know what I'm saying? We 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 like, hold down the house <laughs> nine to five, but I'm doing it in a creative way. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like I, I think you you, you can't a, 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 being an artist, 
you you can present that kind of material, but you have to still be creative. You still got to be dope with it. You know what I'm saying? You can't uh, 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 come out there because you're going to come off corny, for lack of a better term. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, you still got to, at least from a coming, coming from an MC perspective, you still got to have the similes and the metaphors and be able to bend your syllables and bounce it and flow to the beat. Your music still has to be, you know, impeccable. You know what I'm saying? So... That that's what I'm doing is just that the content is gonna be different but it's still gonna be creative. You know what I mean? And it's gonna be something that everybody can relate to. Um, for example, it's about time. Um basically and and I think that's the record that you're talking about playing. Basically, yeah, you know, yeah, I took yeah. an old Marvin Gaye sample. It's a sample that a lot of cats it's on the Hear My Dear album, but it's it's a sample that a lot of cats wasn't up on. So I just flipped and bounced what he was saying and it kinda like sounds like Marvin is in the studio with me. But, you know, it's like a double entendre, you know what I'm saying? It's about time that Trey Lee came back, but it's about time we also started hearing some new music or some good music out there, too. All right. Tell you what, let's go to the song right now. We're going to talk to you a little more since we come back. This is new Tracy Lee. It's about time. Something that you know, grown folks can rock to, 
and, and not be embarrassed like we're singing, you know, bands to make us dance or something like that. So <laughs> what's, what's been the reception so far? I know you just kind of, uh, I think Lori said about two weeks out that you guys have been really pushing this thing. So what's been the reception so far, man? Uh, man, I mean, just just what you said is, is, I mean, a lot of people have said, you know, it's refreshing. Um, they like the fact that I'm not, you know, I'm not swearing. I'm not, you know, doing a whole lot of cussing. Um, they like the fact that the music is something, you know, it, they can identify with. You know, you can't go wrong with Marvin, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's a Marvin Gaye fan. I don't know anybody that's not a Marvin Gaye fan. So it, it's just all of the elements. It's a party song. It's introspective in, in a way. Um, you know, it's a cool-out joint. It's it just, it just it, it, It's a well-rounded record that a lot of people can relate to, and that's what has been expressed to me by the people out there. So it's getting a, a very, very a great reception, actually. Yeah, you know, one thing that I, I thought as I was listening to it, I could see people, like, kind of two-step into it, which was kind of wild. But I was like, man, it's like two-step. Like, mm-hmm. at least in Michigan, we would, we would, we have this uh, this ballroom that we do. It's kind of like a little line dance thing. And it, it really had that kind of groove to it. So, so I, I heard they do I that up in that Philly, too. man. But, you know, we, we'll we be two-stepping to it uh, that up here in Michigan. <laughs> We're going to keep bobbing our heads on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, we're going to go to the uh, lines. We have a uh, caller. Uh, hold on real quick. Peter, welcome to the show, man. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's <laughs> going well, question. Peter. How are you? You got a question for Tracy? Yeah, uh, Tracy, uh, well, not a question, a comment, man. I, I loved your okay. first CD that came out. When was it, back in the late 90s? Yeah, 97, yep. Oh, man, I remember that came out when I was a student at Hampton. I used to play that in my car all the time. And you know what? I was wondering what happened to you. I'm glad to see that you're back on the scene and, you know, trying to make uh, more music. So I wish you success on your uh, latest project. Oh, man, appreciate that, brother. Appreciate it. All right. Hey, Pete, you already for the For the record, man, um, Peter's from Michigan, so he'll be two-stepping to that one, too. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey man, I loved how how his wife came in behind and was like, "Hey baby, don't forget to tell them to rate it." <laughs> I was like, "That's what you want. That's what you want right there." <laughs> right, right, right. That was awesome. Right. Give him the last time. Don't forget. That's right. right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You got to pay them bills. You know, wife would have paid the bills. That's good stuff, right. man. But awesome. tell you what, speaking of wives, man, you know it's uh, Valentine's Day tomorrow, so you know how we do every year. We try to give some great um, advice for Valentine's Day. And last year we looked up the man. We, we try to give the men some information to help them really um, look as good as you and I do on Valentine's Day. So we try to help them out. But um, this year, man, I want us to kind of, you know, switch it up because we don't really ask a lot. You know, we're, we're very humble guys. We don't ask for much. Uh, but we wanted to, that, to help the other fellas out and, and give the ladies some information and some insight on how they can make Valentine's Day special for their, their, their husbands or their men in their lives. So um, but before we before we get into this list, I have this article from um, Black and Married with Kids from um, who we want to get into. But I want to ask you a question, and this is posed in our group, Brian. Um, do, you, do you, as men, do you secretly kind of want those flowers and candy and cards, things, you know, all the pampering things that uh, the women normally get for Valentine's Day, or you just sound like it's not really a big deal to you on Valentine's Day? Well, you you know me, Ryan. So, um, look, being the the Vulcan that I am, I I've never really been really into. Um, I've never really been into Valentine's Day for me. You know, I just kind of felt like that was something that uh, that women uh, that that was to honor the woman. So, yeah, man, I'm not I'm not a candy guy. You know, I'm not a I'm not a what you call it. Not I'm definitely not a teddy bear. Like, don't bring a teddy bear or balloons or any of that stuff, man. I just. <laughs> You know what? What I will do, I do like to go. Uh, like I'll go out to eat or something. I think that's fun. Just, just enjoy uh, the time. So I'm not really that kind of kind of guy. Now, what about you? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm actually the same kind of way. I don't expect, um, especially gifts and things like that for Valentine's Day. I'm not looking for, you know, all that myself. I, I do like to feel appreciated, but you know, that's just appreciate what I did for you kind of deal with me. I'm, I'm not looking for gifts so much on Valentine's Day either because um, if I'm with you, <laughs> you have to show me that you love me before we get to Valentine's Day anyway. <laughs> me to really now, be, now, you know. now, hold on, hold on, Ryan. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna have to bust you out on this one. Now, now if she if she writes you a nice, long, heartfelt letter, is that that's something that you can't? Okay, so that, that, that's, that, that's part of it. Okay. That's not what I'm saying. She got the fans because you're trying to play me out, trying to route tee me. <laughs> <laughs> My love language is words of affirmation. So yeah, a letter is going to speak to me, whether it be Valentine's Day or just, I don't know, March 22nd, because words of affirmation are my love is my love language. So, yeah, I'm going to love that. But if you know I'm buying me, you know, I don't know. Like you said, I don't need boxes, dotlets, and, and teddy bears. You know, that's not really going to speak to me like that. But, yeah. Anyway, let's go to the list before you try to put me on front street anymore, Brian. <laughs> That's my job, man. That's my job. <laughs> All right, man. We want to go through this list, and um, we'll kind of give them some insight. Uh, I don't know if you've gone through I haven't really looked at the whole list yet, so it's going to be kind of an impromptu thing. I wanted to kind of give my, my first reactions on some of these things. And this list is uh, 25 ways for the ladies to tell your husband or your boyfriend that you love them. So you have a list up, Brian? I do. Okay, cool. So, you know, we don't have to go right, you know, in order to jump out to you. So, ladies, you know, you're trying to figure out what to get for your man because he doesn't want teddy bears. He doesn't want 
you know, flowers per se. Uh, so you, you know, you're trying to figure out what to get them with those couplings, with those, you know, the, the certain tie. You know, sometimes the best gift is just telling your man you love him. So Brian, you can go ahead and start, man. Pick one, and then uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll just kind of discuss like we do on each one of them. If it speaks to you or or, or not. Right. Well, you know, and we won't go in order uh, since there are 25. We'll just grab a handful of them. But I think the mm-hmm. best one here is actually number seven. It says, do what makes him happy. Uh, if he has a favorite meal, cook it. If he has a favorite dress he likes you to wear, wear it. Ask him to refresh your memory about what puts a smile on his face. So if he wants a letter, give him a letter. If he wants you to just leave him alone and let him go to the movies or wants to go to a movie, go to a movie. But, um, but yeah, I think I, that one would just stood out to me as, hey, that, that's an awesome one. All right. Since you took the best one, I guess I'll find another one. So, no. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm going to start with, let's see, I thought, uh, number five. Number five on the list may sound kind of simple. Tell him. You know, sometimes just telling your man you love him, uh, let me read what they wrote. Simply tell your husband that you love him in the most sincere and kind way you possibly can. You know, I think that a lot of times, uh, especially when you're married and you have kids and you just get the day-to-day going, sometimes you take each other for granted, not even on purpose, but you just get busy. You get you get distracted. And sometimes just stopping and say, you know what, baby, I love you, is, uh, you know, that would just do so much for him uh, along the day, throughout the day. So I like that one. Yeah, excellent. I'm just kidding. Why you go ahead and grab another one? All right. So, um, yeah, okay. So this is a great one. Give a massage, enough said. So I just think that is that's awesome. You know, one thing, especially in a in a married situation, as as couples, you just get so busy. I know for me, you know, I'm I'm affectionate. I do like I do like to be you know kind of uh, cuddled on and that kind of thing. Um, so I would say. You know, this is this is something that's totally inexpensive, but it, it's uh, it's relaxing and it takes your time and effort, and and that often uh, pays more dividends than you know just spending a whole lot of money or getting a gift that uh, that I'm not gonna want. So uh, a massage would always work. Yeah, that's good, and I love that because my special lady is a professional masseuse. <laughs> that never <laughs> used <laughs> right, never like never used. You like to uh, cash in on a little Valentine's Day. I, I think the last time she gave a massage, uh, Van updated his blog.
Uh, she says love right there. Amen. Yeah, so I guess both of us to pick <laughs> pick one or two more. So go ahead, what you got, man? All right, this is a this is a great one. Um, since we we've just been covered uh, with the blood of Jesus on that last one, I'm gonna say <laughs> under the 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 married in the married household, <laughs> you know, be the fire starter. <laughs> Every now and then, they would like to be pursued, enticed, seduced, and feel wanted. Now again. And I, I understand, and if you're married and you have kids, a lot of times the women, man, you all hold it down. I will never, I would never claim that you don't. So you get busy. I get it. But you know what? Sometimes we want you to stop, and we want to be the the object of your affection, and we want, you know, we want you to let us know that that we're attractive and that you want us to. So, uh, be the fire starter. Don't don't make him start it. You start it. Mm-hmm. It's nothing sexier than when you want to come to you and start to, you know what, never mind, I can't say that. <laughs> anyway, but uh, what was I going to say? Which one was I looking at? Uh, let me find it. Where was it? I just lost it. Uh, oh, here we go. Kind of on, on the same vein. Uh, smile, flirt, and show little leg. Enough said. You know, when when you feel sexy, your man's going to feel that you're sexy, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, loving yourself and being able to, to express that in a way that he likes uh, is important and that can go a long way when you're trying to make sure that that love thing is fresh. Okay. All right, for here we go. one more for you, one more for you. Let's go. All right, uh, number twenty-one. Nurse him. Don't wait until. Uh, oh, you know what? Nurse, nurse, I read that wrong. Him. Never mind. Let me. Yeah, you let me go. You guys, you you do the last one. What much you thought it was? <laughs> what much you thought it was? <laughs>
in the land, in the house.